In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to season two, episode two of Shit Show, <laughs> where we cover history's greatest dumpster fires, past and present. Me, Armo Rig, your Armo Gus. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I have a crotch full of beer <laughs> after one of the worst can opening incidents this side of the inner west. That was definitely gross. And I think Crotch Full of Beer is the name of your first album, is it not? Uh, sure. Sure, I can go back and Could repurpose been, oh, that. No, your first was Pocket Full of Dreams. Yes. The sophomore album is Crotch Full of Beer. I- exactly. The uh, the one that I really want is the uh, is the much vaunted but really unpopular third album, which is just going to be called Crotch because <laughs> I'm going to go into single word <laughs> uh, stylized existential albums. Anyway, yes. love that. So we are going to get stuck right in. The first part, you have the first part of the podcast today. It's Trainwreck Trophy. You've gone away and found the best train wrecks from the internet each corner of it, all cor- is it? Are they are there corners? No. Is it just one large cloud like the universe that keeps expanding? Probably. I don't know. How about you take it away? <laughs> there is no spoon. <laughs> first, first, the Trainwreck Trophy anthem. Yes, roll it. So I'm going to start off uh, in one of our least visited places for Trainwreck Trophy because okay. they usually have their shit together. I'm going to go Seychelles straight out of the bag. We're going to Deutschland. Oh, okay. okay. I, went, I went too obscure. Way too obscure. We do not have any news or reporters in the Seychelles <laughs> and I speak on behalf of the planet. <laughs> okay. The headline is... Court rules man can't have gun license after his dog shoots him with rifle. (laughs) In Berlin, a German court has ruled that a dog owner isn't fit to carry a firearm license after his dog shot him with a rifle. Yep. What are the mechanics of this? Here we go. The Munich Administrative Court on Tuesday dismissed the man's appeal against an earlier decision by Bavarian authorities to withdraw his licence to own a rifle as well as his hunting permit. This follows a 2016 incident in which the man, a passionate hunter, was shot in the arm after his dog managed to release the trigger on a loaded rifle that was lying in his car. What? All the questions, Rick. (laughs) So here's the thing. Let's paint a picture of this. So this bloke is somewhere in the in the forest. He's left his rifle on the seat along with his dog, yep. who fucking hates him clearly. <laughs> we've been starving him, spitting at him. Yeah, we've been we've singing been, off key. He's just spent four and a half months running a cup back and forth across the bars. <laughs> anyway, so this rifle is pointing outwards on the seat and the dog Directly at directly him. at him. Smart. And the, I prefer to think that it was actually in the back seat facing downwards, but the dog has picked it up, <laughs> put it on the front seat, and then somehow pulled the trigger. So the mechanics of this don't make any sense, which is why I think that in he has to lose his license. Oh, yeah. Like, if either he has to lose his license or... What a magical super dog. Like, don't worry about your firearm license. <laughs> Two of the human dog. Like most parts of life, insurance... Uh, RMS slash RTA dealings. If there are more questions than answers, you're banned. <laughs> you're banned and you lose. When did this dog grow thumbs? Absolutely. The, the dexterity of it makes less than no sense. I'm literally, I've been sitting here like trying to make faux pause, which is a great pun for faux pas, but I couldn't fit it in there, uh, with my hands, trying to figure out how the hell that trigger got pulled. I can only imagine that he's somehow wearing... Dog specific human hands <laughs> that he's bought from the Easter show, <laughs> and the thumbs are being operated by fingernail triggers. Contrary to the rifles that you get that are made of rubber bands from the Easter show, triggers are actually notoriously easy to pull. Though I'm getting from this, yeah. if, if it's if it's a an errant unclipped dog nail away from getting shot in the arm, 
if you have a hair a hairline trigger that can be pulled by a dog's nail, then yes, I agree. <laughs> no license for you. No license. Go the for Bavarian you. court authorities. You really need to just go have a beer, chill out, Gerhard. Not this time. <laughs> Maybe take up another hobby. All right. The second one is this. In LA, a man's been charged with impersonating a federal agent after pulling over a federal agent. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh wow! In, in San Jose, uh, he he was impersonating a DEA officer, and for what? some oh yeah, for, I can kind of guess why he would be doing this. <laughs> so. He's not doing what you think that he would be doing when he's impersonating a DEA officer, which is what I first thought when I was reading it, which is Spell it out. <laughs> he is uh, confiscating a bunch of drugs yep. and then going to town on himself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he's not doing that. He's doing the most sus thing that a DEA agent would not do, which is conducting random traffic stops. <laughs> <laughs> so just just wanted to just wanted to feel just wanted to feel what it would be like. Yeah, exactly. So that is so wholesome yet bizarre. <laughs> I just wanted to stop someone in traffic. I literally thought he would have confiscated all those drugs. Yeah, for me sure. too. And then ended up with his dick in a pasta jar, <laughs> <laughs> like our old mate from season one. Exactly. So it unravels because he pulls over a federal agent on Christmas Eve. Uh, she, this woman's on her way to mass, so she's already pretty pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> As anyone that's ever been to Christmas Eve mass can attest to. <laughs> oh, God. According to a federal agent, uh, the courts show that um, <laughs> she was driving a personal vehicle. He pulled up behind her with flashing lights on. So he's somehow got himself so, a cop car. Yeah. <laughs> a, D- a DA uh, car. He walks up to her window wearing a gold DA badge around his neck, says he's a DA agent, and asked her where she was going in such a hurry. DA, huh? The woman asked Taylor, since when does DEA make vehicle stops? All the time, Taylor responds. So he's not backing down. Oh, wow. Then she responds with, I'm DEA. What office do you work out of? And he says, "Uh, I work all over. (laughs) She then asks him for his identification and he says, yeah, I won't write you a ticket. Have a nice day. Goes back to his car and fucking belts. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. So she's presented with a religious conundrum. Follow this clearly fake <laughs> DEA officer and miss mass or go to mass. Like everyone in history, she doesn't go to mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this man is obviously his day job. And if it doesn't say this in the article, I'm going to be super pissed. Is obviously... Prop master for a movie studio. Oh, it's so, yeah. Because how the hell has, has he, he got a detailed DEA car with complete sirens and like DEA badges? Oh, I he, assume he, he was wearing a uniform. It's not like he was wearing like what I wear on the weekend, which is just like shitty chinos and a white t-shirt with a badge <laughs> stuck on saying <laughs> DEA written in permanent marker. Yeah, he's he's wearing uh, cut off denim jean shorts, <laughs> jorts. <laughs> So uh, federal agents seized uh, both his car, which had been jetted up. But this is the thing. When I say jetted up, I mean it's literally a Volkswagen Jetta. <laughs> <laughs> which is not a it's DEA not a vehicle. vehicle, no. But he'd outfitted it with police-style lighting. What? Uh, he had two firearms, an imitation gold DA badge, a concealed weapons badge, which was identical to the DA one. So he's got access to wow. some kind of database. Pair of handcuffs and just a small, a smidge, a thimble of meth. <laughs> <laughs> a, that is the third <laughs> album name. <laughs> a thimble a of meth. Oh wow! So they they first twigged to this bloke in February when an off-duty county sheriff's deputy had written down this license plate after watching Taylor pull over a tow truck driver on a highway. The tow truck driver later told federal investigators that Taylor asked him, "Do you want to die today?" <laughs> after pulling him over, <laughs> Taylor eventually so aggressive. <laughs> Taylor eventually left the man after a passing car almost ran him down. And the truck driver repeatedly asked to see his identification. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, 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 But what is, does it say about 
anything about his motivation, like why he was doing this stuff? No, he is just 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 he, a Looney Tune. He's currently arrested, and so when they looked inside the car, they saw several accessories, <laughs> switches, buttons, and cords fitting into different <laughs> apparatuses throughout the car, including some plugged into a power source. So it, was, <laughs> it sounds like he was not only running a DEA operation, but might have been running a VR setup. <laughs> from inside the back of the car <laughs> just for when he wants to go full Oculus Rift when oh he's had his symbol of meth and <laughs> sick of pulling people over. Jesus, that is absolute budget Fast and Furious type stuff. It sounded like he actually had like a power board that you have in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Those white things with like nine different sockets in it with like just cords flying everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of seeing a an eBay item a couple of years ago that was being passed around Facebook and it was for what was being dubbed the Carbecue because it was a fully working four-ring burner that what? you plugged into uh, that was electric and that uh, plugged into your cigarette lighter. What? For when you need to grill on the go. No. I'm like, no one needs to grill no. on the go. And if you are grilling on the go, you need to take a long, hard look at yourself. Oh, my God. That is awful. All right. The third one. I'll just lead with the headline again. <laughs> Unlicensed gun owner accidentally shoots himself in penis. <laughs> it's very gun heavy this week. Yeah. I'm a... <laughs> There's been a certain thread that I... A rabbit hole that <laughs> right. I ended up down. Okay. An unlicensed gun owner in Indiana is uh, Indiana is recovering in a hospital after accidentally shooting himself in the penis. Mark Anthony Jones, named. Named and wow, shamed. Wow, that sucks. 46, told police in Marion that he was taking a morning walk when the high point 9mm handgun he was carrying in his waistband, not in a holster, began to slip. He then told police that when he reached down to adjust the unholstered gun, it discharged. Wait for it. Shooting a bullet that entered just above his penis. Wait, 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 wait. Anatomically speaking here. Yes. Just above his penis. Just wait for it. Entered just above his penis and exited via his scrotum. Oh, my God. Do you that want to, is fuck. Do you want to talk about the anatomy of it now? Oh yes, I still do because I'm I'm it's it's like seeing a spider that's really close to you. Like I'm disgusted by it, but, you but need, I'm kind you of need fascinated. To know more. Yeah, yeah. So I'm once again. Let's just map this out graphically. So the gun, obviously, he's holding it in his waistband. So yeah. there's no holster. Yeah. So he's already got it pretty close to his dick. Uh, it has started to slip down his waistband. So yeah. I, I assume it's like. If anyone can see what we're doing We're 3D modelling this Gus is now on his feet Tucking an imaginary gun Into his crotch Full of beer As as the gun has started to slip Yeah He's tried to grab at it with his other hand And it's slipped further down And I assume a dog has appeared And pulled the trigger (laughs) A stray husky, <laughs> and with sight. and with a deft flick of the nail, <laughs> shot him in his dick. Oh my god! So, so when you say just above the penis, so you mean does that like mean like the base of the shaft, the base through of the shaft, the, oh through the, my through god. the balls? That is fucked. And to add insult to actual injury, because he's unlicensed, he is being charged by police. Oh, uh, look. Okay, so what's he doing? He's on his morning jog. Yeah. So if you've got a gun tucked into your waistband, why? I feel like you're about to rob someone. This, yeah. This seems like there's more to this. I don't get why you have to go for a morning jog. It's like, well, I don't feel safe. Get a treadmill. Yeah, totally. Like, I'm just like, who gives a shit? Why are you putting it in your fucking sweatpants? <laughs> that, what, do you not have a side pocket? I feel like this also comes back to Reebok or Sorconi <laughs> or whoever the fuck is making these sweatpants. Put a fucking pocket in them. Yeah, I don't think that he's the target audience. It's like very different to the Nike shoe fiasco where they, <laughs> they're looking at it and going oh, we really got to address this. ASICs are not, and Adidas are not saying, oh, well a guy shot himself through the dick and out his balls. We, <laughs> we really got to address gun this. pockets. <laughs> we, need, we need yogging gun holsters <laughs> built into the pant. That is great. Oh, the, yeah, anyway, so he's going to get charged. Yeah. Uh, so that's the three. You yeah. have Dog shoots man with rifle. (laughs) (laughs) 
man pretends to be DEA agent gets uh, pulls over DEA agent <laughs> <laughs> has a thimble of meth. Uh, <laughs> third one. <laughs> Man goes yogging with pistol, shoots himself in dick. Uh, mate, you know how much I love dick injuries. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up there with my top personal interests. Uh, but just based off pure mechanics, and I still don't cut, I still really don't understand it. I've got to give it to the dog shooting oh, the man. Isn't it immense? <laughs> It's just huge. <laughs> it's immense. I'm going to be going home tonight and I'm going to be like Jim Carrey in the number 23 or like Jack Nicholson in The Shining where I'm slowly going mad just doing <laughs> photos and drawings of like dogs shooting men. Yeah, you'll end up trying to make a breakfast machine and it'll just be a dog rifle machine <laughs> <laughs> featuring fingernail. Love it. Alrighty. Which means we move on to the next portion, which is... No, we don't. It means we play the sound. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. How did I forget that? Yes. Me. You suck! I really feel like I've I've let the team down, but you know what? That's what happens when you have a thimble full of meth before you get on the <laughs> microphone. So <laughs> we'll do it live. We'll, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> we'll do it live. Um, so we will be going live to you again now for the <laughs> one star reservoir. You've gone through the expanses of the known internet. And you have found the best one-star reviews that you possibly could. What have you got for us this week, Gus? Well, in unconventional fashion, I've decided that we might just play the theme song. Oh, no. You idiot. You! I want to take you to a one-star. I want to take you to a one-star. I want to take you to a one-star. One-star reservoir. Wow! Oh, God. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what have you got for us, buddy? Mate, I've decided to go back to one of our most popular one-star reservoir segments ever. Amazing. I have a feeling I know what you're going to do. We are going to revisit the absolute horror show that is Haribo Sugar-Free Gummy Bears. (laughs) Okay. Now, because it's quite long, there's just one. Okay. We're going quality over quantity. The first one is entitled My Dinner with Andrea. I don't know why Because it's so innocuous It just sounds like it's going to be set up for amazing stuff Absolutely One star My dinner with Andrea (laughs) Interpret as you will Yeah I'm pretty sure Andrea Agreed to have dinner at my apartment Only because I always spoke to her Using nothing but my two years of high school German Her English was perfect Probably better than mine But the fact that I could only ask her directions to the autobahn Or inquire about the health of her non-existent Aunt Amelia Seemed to make me appealing to her In a sweet and non-threatening way I love the fact It's like It's classic high school foreign languages Exactly The dumbest like phrases you would ever you're, have to you're use. Never you would never use, use it. Le chat sur la table. It's like, what? <laughs> when would you ever say the cat is under the table? Yeah. What is it with French? It's French people and having this huge problem yeah. with cats sitting on tables. Why is that a dominant phrase? In my German textbook, it's the tapi volant of German. It's called Deutsch heute. It means <laughs> German today. Uh, the the one that they used to use all the time was like, and when would you ever use this? In order to get meat, one must go to the butchery. <laughs> Why would you need to use that? Also, the uh, the other German one that I learned at school was Ich bin Mecki, Ich bin ein Computer. <laughs> at what point in your life are you going to say, my name is Mecki, I am a computer? <laughs> anyway, back to the story. My intentions, however, were considerably less childlike, which is why the shopping that night was done at one of those upscale groceries with an international flair. <laughs> Mool's Marinaires is as much of a panty peeler as anything I can cook and isn't that hard to pull off. Panty peeler is the worst phrase we've had on this episode thus far. Panty peeler is worse than anything I reckon we could have dreamed up. Oh, gross. That's awful. <laughs> but still, I was busy tracking the recipe in my head when I found myself in the sweets aisle. And that, to my great chagrin, is why I didn't immediately notice the difference between Haribo normal gummy bears, which are designed for human enjoyment, and Haribo sugarless gummy bears, which are designed for use in maximum security prisons as a way to punish (laughs) uncooperative inmates. I shan't make that mistake again. Notice you can't spell shan't without shat. Prior to Andrea's arrival, I sat in my living room creating a playlist of makeout music and nervously binging on the gummy bears I placed in a decorative bowl because I am fancy. 
The doorbell rang, and within minutes we were standing in the kitchen, drinking beers, and both of us probably worrying that we were about to exhaust my ability to communicate in her native tongue. (laughs) (laughs) But soon that would be the least of my worries. In the middle of trying to ask Andrea if she liked to dance to young people's music, (laughs) I I felt a flutter in my midsection, accompanied by a guttural pronouncement so loud it threatened to drown out my own voice. Maybe it was because I was mentally refreshing my language lessons, but it suddenly struck me how much pre-diarrheal grumblings sound like German words. (laughs) Entschuldigung was the next thing uttered by my rapidly clenching stomach. Appropriately, Andrea looked up in response. Sitzi coffee machine? She asked, am I making coffee? Are you a coffee machine? Is that that it? I thought I must have mistranslated her at first. Then finally I realised that yes, the loud ominous gurgling coming from my gut could easily be mistaken for the percolating of some bachelor's crappy coffee maker. (laughs) It's remarkable how quickly one knows that one is about to have a traumatic potty making experience. Maybe that's the body's way of buying you the precious seconds you need. I was already calculating the number of steps to the bathroom, speculating on whether I would have time to lift the lid to the toilet when my own voice cried out loudly in my head, she's going to hear everything. (laughs) Thanks to an acoustical idiosyncrasy in my building, the hallway outside the bathroom works as an amplifier pointed straight at my living room slash kitchen. So that somehow even the gentlest tinkle sounds like I'm pouring lemonade out of a bucket. (laughs) The the imagery is outstanding This guy's a poet Yeah. With only half an idea of what I was doing I grabbed Andrea's hand and pulled her roughly down onto my sofa (laughs) I must have looked like I was a madman As I booted up my (laughs) iTunes playlist Plugged in the gigantic new headphones I just bought to keep me looking young and hip (laughs) And clamped them down over her ears The sweat forming on my brow and upper lip couldn't have helped In response to her nervous expression, I kept shouting, you'll love this, you'll love this in German. (laughs) At least I think that's what I was yelling. (laughs) I spun her around so that she was looking out the window. My plan was that she'd be so distracted by the modest fourth floor view that it would allow me to pull my (laughs) pants off while I sprinted down the hall, (laughs) silently seeing the praises of the new reducing quality, of the noise reducing quality of my new headphones. (sighs) As I slammed the bathroom door shut, already half naked, it occurred to me that I'd not been shouting, you'll love this at Andrea. Oh, no. I don't even know how to say that in German. No. In my desperation, I'd been saying, ich liebe dich, rapidly repressing my love for her in a shaky and frantic voice. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe that was a good thing, because as I threw myself at the toilet... I figured the best I could hope for is that she would be so creeped out that she would sneak out of the apartment, blissfully unaware of the carnage taking place in the next room. Oh, my God. What can I say about the ensuing white-knuckle bowel movement that hasn't been expressed in other reviews on this page? I'm pretty sure I haven't seen the adjective Kafka-esque used anywhere else. (laughs) By the end of Act 1 of this private little torture porn movie... (laughs) I was confessing to every unsolved crime in history, (laughs) praying I would stumble upon the one that would satisfy my invisible captors. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly, I realised that I had more than Andrea's sense of sound to worry about. Was she to get even the faintest whiff of the weapons grade sluice? (laughs) My anus was angrily shouting into the porcelain. I would have to change my name and move to another city. (laughs) And so I flushed and flushed and flushed and flushed. And then I flushed and nothing happened. I have never looked down into a broken toilet with more horror in my entire life. Oh, I reached for the plunger, but my hand froze and my heart seized when I saw it on the floor, broken in two and covered in what looked like teeth marks. What? Apparently, I had used the wooden handle to keep from biting my tongue off (laughs) and had chewed clean through it. What? When did that happen? It seemed my mind had already started the process of repressing this entire event. Oh, my God. Amid the feverish... 
fruitless dance I did across the tiny bathroom floor, it dawned on me that it had been more than a minute since my last soul-wrenching anal tantrum. (laughs) Dear Lord, is it over? I must have been lightheaded and delusional, but I began to imagine a non-ignominious resolution to this ordeal. I just needed to get her the hell out of here. (laughs) If Andrea hadn't fled the building, vomiting in terror, then I suppose I could pull up my trousers and make a cavalier exit. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as I could get her off my property, this post-apocalyptic commode could finish. (laughs) Assuming that the diaristas had retreated to the hills temporarily, maybe I could even whisk Andrea away to a candlelight dinner. My first few steps back towards the living room were tentative, and not just because my sphincter felt raw and shattered. (laughs) It was a slow approach to the moment of truth, especially when I saw her figure still planted on my sofa. I knew any look on Andrea's face other than her mouth agape would constitute a miraculous victory. (laughs) And when she smiled at me, the wash of relief that engulfed me was more glorious than any throes of ecstasy I might have wished for at the beginning of the night. And then I saw it. The decorative bowl sitting in her lap. Down to just the last few sugarless gummy bears. No! Do hast, Haribo, she said to me. Oh, (laughs) no! Accompanied by a satisfied smile. No! A big, beaming Hansel and Gretel smile. No! That slightly turned down in one corner at the sound we suddenly both heard. Oh! A low rumble from deep within her GI tracks (laughs) that sound like, (laughs) Gefahr! The German word for danger. <laughs> oh, wow. My God. I am covered in sweat. Oh, me too. I'm like, how the... Oh, Jesus. That is immense. <laughs> There's 4,000 one-star reviews. Horrific. For Haribo gummy bears. I feel the, like the, it's, it's now... It's, it's not now a got, joke. And it's now gotten to the point where people are like, this has to be a joke. Therefore, I'm get- like that guy. Obviously, sounds like he had bad luck. Yeah, right. But it's like fifty percent of them are people buying them because they don't believe the reviews. Yeah, and then posting a review going, "Why didn't I believe the reviews?" Yeah, it's it's insanity. So stupid. So close to a Darwin Award. Ah, uh, mate, that was huge. Well done. Thank you. Which means that we are into the media portion. We're into the main course. Rig has the shit show story time for us this week, and I can only assume. That uh, it is going to be a banger from the 1600s. <laughs> Man, fuck you. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> this week, this week uh, it's actually very new. I'm, I'm just venturing into your territory. I'm cutting all your grass, story-wise. Oh, this, fe- this feels like one of those weird crossover episodes. It's getting more and more recent. Actually, from last week to this week, it's actually become more modern. W-T-A-F. Who are you? I know. So... But it is in a well-worn category for, for me because I love the category so much given my background. It is, of course, marketing and oh, advertising. Oh, yes. And we love those. We yeah. love those. We're big fans. They're relatable. They usually involve a company coming down which is the aggressively, best. which yeah. is great. F- like faceless people getting their comeuppance, yeah. just giant corporations losing a ton of money. Stick it to the man. It's the best. So our story is set in the Philippines. I don't know if this is stick it to the man anymore. <laughs> And if you know anything... A third world nation. <laughs> Gus, if you know anything about the dark web, you'll know that this place is just the worst place. I've been on there. On planet Earth. Uh, it's a bit rough. It's Any, anywhere that's main highway involves a bottleneck can go fuck itself. Oh, gross. Okay, so since the, since the 80s, Pepsi and Coke uh, have been engaging in the, the Cola Wars, um, which is what it was called, even if you aren't familiar with that two-second clip from Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, so it's now 1992 in the Philippines. So neon clothing, chokers, Super Nintendos just raining down on, on people. I don't know that Super Nintendos are raining down on the Philippines. Oh, they, well, <laughs> maybe they weren't. Maybe it was the original Nintendo still. <laughs> just just one. I think it was Ball and Cup, but go on. <laughs> but importantly for, for our story, and this actually blew my mind, is that the Philippines is the 12th largest soft drink market in the world. Yeah, that is a head fuck. I could not believe that. Like on a global scale, like so they only had sixty three million. Well, not only, but they had sixty three million people 
at that time. Right now, they have 107 million people there. So it is just exploding. They're the, mo- they're the most Catholic nation on earth. So they yeah. are fucking and they are not stopping. <laughs> they have decided the one thing we don't need is prophylactics. Yeah. Um, the question here is, so they were 63 million in 1992. Yeah. And they were the 12th biggest soft, soft drink market yeah. on the planet. Yeah. That does not make any sense. Are, are they drinking... This is, like I mean, I mean, these cans are head a week. Are they baptizing their People newborns with them? Are they eating it with their cereal? Like, I mean, and by eating, I definitely mean drinking. <laughs> but it's a, <laughs> they must be washing their hands with the stuff because honestly, it's like how it must have been a breakfast, lunch, and dinner thing. Absolutely, Surely. it's rather than five and two vegetables and fruit, it was three serves a day, straight up cola. Totally. Can we just quickly go back to the concept of uh, cutting liquid with a knife and fork? <laughs> What you well, if you haven't done it, you haven't if lived. Right. <laughs> you absolute wanker. All right. <laughs> so yeah, out of out of the two big players, uh, Coca Cola was smashing it out of the park. They actually had seventy five percent market share. On that note, I don't think I've ever heard of anything in any industry having seventy five percent market share. No, that's ludicrous. Which is incredible. People talk like, about a lion's share being twenty five to thirty. Yeah, it's it's like that's that's huge. I just couldn't believe it. I was just like seventy. I was like, I had to research it. Yes, I researched it. Stop giving me that look. Um, I did research, and it was seventy five. That's the correct number. But I was baffled, right? So, but even if seventy five percent is so high that even if we were to be like, we have a podcast about shit going horribly, and we're the only one, I still reckon we'd fail to hit seventy five percent market right. share. So because oh, like, it's just quite it's long. a By thing a long that way, I don't even think exists. I I don't think we get one percent market share. But that's purely how how do you even get it in that many people's hands? That's what I don't understand. It's just like and of a country that size, yeah. it's like how do you have that much market penetration? It's crazy. crazy. Um, so they have seventy five percent. Pepsi has seventeen percent. Not good for Pepsi. No. Very bad. To make matters worse, some bizarre domestic company called Cosmos is... I I was wondering when the LA Colas of the world were going (laughs) to pop up. They'd already managed to rack up 8% of the market, and they'd only popped up in the in the, the couple of years prior. Um, Some Ponzi scam called Cosmos had half the market share that Pepsi did. Funny thing about Cosmos, mate. Gus, what do you think soft drink they made, Cosmos? What do you... What soft drink do you think they made? Like, what flavour? I'm gonna. I'm just like what gonna... was what what was their what was their flagship product? You you would have to go with the most obvious, which would be a cola, or a lemonade. Try sarsaparilla. Oh, <laughs> no, sarsaparilla had eight percent market had share. Eight percent market share. Holy fuck! It is banging in the Philippines. No one has ordered a sarsaparilla in the actual world <laughs> the since only... about eighteen twenty two. And in the old west, the last time I drank a sarsaparilla was when I picked up the wrong Bundaberg stubby. I thought you were about to say when you were going back to check out how Doc Brown was going. (laughs) When I was an extra on Westworld. (laughs) uh, But yeah, so for some reason, Pepsi, they've set themselves a modest, modest target of $2 billion profit by the end of 1992. This is not just for the Philippines. This is is their entire international portfolio. So everything outside of the US. Sure. So they don't want, I mean, $2 billion is ludicrous. That's First a lot of off, money now, and it was a lot more money in 92. Especially if you're only running 17% in the 12th market. Ugh. So they're not trying to light a fire under international sales. They are trying to commit industrial Fraud. arson. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, in comes the ace in the hole, which is this guy by the name of Pedro Vergara, or Peter Hill, if you want it in Anglais. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a, he's a Latin American marketing expert. And he's sent in to create a promotion to jumpstart sales. So after several weeks, he comes up with this concept that he calls Number Fever, which is an awful name. And if I wouldn't even watch a show called Number Fever. I don't think any marketing slogan or activity should involve the word fever as a start. Yeah, but especially in a third world country. In a third world country. That's <laughs> going to freak people right the fuck out. Oh, yeah. So We only just got rid of the rest of them. Exactly. So <laughs> he comes up with Number Fever where every bottle of the three top-selling Pepsi products contained a number under the cap which corresponded to prizes. I thought you were about to say, one, a historical fever. (laughs) Typhoid. (laughs) You have Ross River. You have (laughs) yellow fever. (laughs) Dengue. Right, so... That's a collector. Yeah. (laughs) Those are really rare, those ones, the dengue bottle caps. Um, 
Gus, here's a question you probably never thought you'd be asking, asked in a million years. That's this whole podcast. What do you think the top three Pepsi products were in the Philippines in 1992? <laughs> uh, uh, no, knowing the full Pepsi stable, like you do, what do you think the top three products were in the Philippines? Seems like just a throw, trap. Throw, yeah, it definitely is a trap. Throw some stuff at me. Pepsi-Cola? Incorrect. Not in the top three of Pepsi products was Pepsi-Cola. What? Um... What else is in there? Stable? Are, are they the lift guys or are no? They, that's Coke. Uh, do they do like creaming sodas? <laughs> no. What else is in their range? <laughs> Fanta. No, that's Coke. Oh fuck. Uh, Solo. No. <laughs> La Cola. No. Cosmos. No. <laughs> I'm gonna help you out here because you suck. So what? Is- these are I named all the normal shit. No, no, no. Here we go. Seven Up. Oh, they're the Seven Up Mountain Dew guys, aren't they? Mountain Dew was yeah, another one. Okay, yeah, those are both awful. Puzzlingly, number three, Marinda Orange. Oh yuck! <laughs> do, do they do? Do they do passion? You remember that shit Fanta you used to get at KFC? Oh, Marinda Orange. Gross. Yeah, Pinoys love them some citrus. They're all citrus colors. Who did Passiona? I think that was Coke. Because that was because Pasito, I think, is the other one. Oh God, these the all of the Pepsi brands, they sound like knockoffs. Don't they're they? awful. Yeah, they just sound like like things that people should be selling in Times Square. I'm quite sure that Mountain. Hey, buddy, you want a <laughs> Mirinda Orange? <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't need that Fanta. Have some Mirinda Orange, baby. Yeah, I'm doing twelve dollars seven ups. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mountain Dew, I think, went through a a thing recently, or like two years ago. Where they had a someone ran a huge smear campaign that one of the active ingredients in uh, in creating the green colour to the drink mm. was a carcinogen, and, oh, and right. they had they had to employ a buckload of scientists to to debunk it. But yeah, yeah. they're just constantly on the back foot. I oh, think. I mean this this stuff is just very well marketed poison. Let's all agree completely. So, Gus, the thing about this and is the- that those three products are made up. <laughs> is that yeah, those aren't real. Uh, there is no spoon. But Gus, the part about this that I do love is that Pedro took several weeks to come up with this idea before sending it back to HQ in New York. Only thing is, he'd already done it in several Latin American countries already. So he literally, he'd read the essay question, boost sales with promotion, and gone into his hard drive and retrieved that old high school assignment. Yeah. Cha- and just changed, changed, the and changed the date <laughs> and given it back to HQ. What the hell took several weeks? I hope it has nothing to do with that dark web stereotype. (laughs) Pedro, you sick fuck. He's on Latin American time. Oh, mate. Disclaimer. It's like Inception. Actual legal disclaimer. Do not know the man from a bar of soap. (laughs) But look, the mechanic of the promotion, it's a lot like Macca's Monopoly that sends people into an absolute frenzy when it comes here. So, you know. Some just work. Yeah, I mean, look, they they do, right? I mean, it's very colourful. People get involved. You know, kids are eating Sundays by the truckload. It's fucking gross. Anyway. It's it's made up like a pyramid, right? So it's you know, as you know, at the top, <laughs> all good marketing ploys and history, <laughs> strong shape, strong shape. It's a but the triangle slash pyramid. The pri- nothing's ever gone. But wrong. it's always yeah. I mean, it's the prize period, right? So at the top, they've got like ten prizes of one million Filipino pesos, which is about forty thousand dollars US. Yep. Uh, then they've got then you know the second tier drops down to forty lots of a hundred thousand pesos, eighty of fifty thousand pesos, so on and so forth. Sure. So they've randomly assigned numbers from zero zero one all the way through to nine nine nine, and they're called out every day for a three month period and broadcast on national TV, radio, as well as printed in the four major metro newspapers. This sounds a lot like the conscription draft, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> it only is slightly better than that. So <laughs> it sounds worse. Yeah, somehow it's worse. <laughs> the promotion goes batshit. So according to one source, half the country's population. Oh, so fuck. 63 million, half of 63 million participated in the promotion. <laughs> that is bonkers. You couldn't find Australians half of all Australians doing anything. Anything. Wa- wait, drinking. 
Yeah, drinking. But that's, you don't need to promote that. The government you don't is pro- actively trying to stop promoting that. You don't need to promote that because it has been the strongest word of mouth campaign Australia <laughs> or any other country has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that shit sells itself. Uh, but these guys had to buy a Pepsi product in order to They had to, to buy a draw. Pepsi product. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that is big numbers. It's It's insane, right? So... The original promo period was February to May 1992, and by the end of March, so it's only been running for approximately seven weeks, the Manila Pepsi plant was running 20 hours a day. Market share exploded, so they went from 17% market share to 25% in seven weeks. Fuck. Coke dropped from 75% to 68%. Right, so they've flogged it straight off Coke. Yeah, and the Coke dudes... We're actually sweating like you and I right now in the dungeon oh. through these shirts and on these ridiculously appointed faux <laughs> leather chairs. <laughs> so there's a, there's one more percent in there. <laughs> they must have taken a percent off Cosmos. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cosmos even took a hit. They took a 2% drop from 10 to 8. There's a number missing there, but we'll deal with that No, later. no, no. Yeah. Well, fine. Fuck you. Anyway, no, it's because everything else is like other... Uh, you know when you see like the census yeah, results yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. Australia is ninety six percent white, actually a fact. Then it's like two percent Asian. Then it's like one percent uh, Indigenous and three percent other. Yeah, it's like that's the way it is, right? Um, Jedi is not a color. Yeah, exactly. So this thing is going ham. Pepsi, other guy at the casino on a monster blackjack run, and they are just like, "That's it. Let's double down. Extend the promo for five more weeks." Yeah, for right? sure. Uh, because right, but. Just to get people more on board than they already are. They're like, they go full Oprah. More prizes. Yep. More money. Definitely. Fucking everything. We throw it at you. Just keep buying. They are making hand money hand over fist with this promotion because the top prize is 40 grand. Yeah. They are making, just on the rough guess, I reckon the difference in that 8% in that market is probably worth $25 million. It's huge, right? And the the thing about this, right, is w- the thing that I love about how they enacted this in Philippines, because they'd done it in several Latin American countries because of Pedro, right? Ah, of course. But he'd gone back to them and he was just like, and this is what a book said uh, that I read on the subject, that it enjoyed moderate success in Latin America. So it's not like he even took a good assignment. He took a B plus. Yeah. And gave it back to HQ. <laughs> Just replicated yeah, it. Yeah, but now it has gone A++++. So God. on May 25 of 1992, the number 349 was drawn. Mm. This seems insignificant until you realise the magnitude of what I'm about to tell you. Oh, no. Right after this ad. Shit show is fueled by Electric Jizz, the most powerful pineapple-based energy drink on the market. Electric Jizz will keep you going for days with only minor side effects. Need help on that presentation for work? Let the Jizzness help you nail your business. Need a pick-me-up during a long day? Jack yourself up with Jizz. You'll never need another energy drink again once you've had Electric Jizz. Electric Jizz, spark it up! Side effects include migraines and involuntary ejaculation. Nailed it. Also, God, we need sponsors because that sounds just awful. (laughs) Well, what a flawless ad from one of our sponsors that ties in beautifully to a a story time about soft drinks. (laughs) Does it? Actually, yeah. We did, we did not plan that. <laughs> actually, we we really did not plan that. That's actually amazing. No, they, they did though. They they did, they, they, did they, they they asked for this specifically. Pepsi did because it's their newest product. <laughs> it sounds like a Pepsi product. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Coke have solo. We have electric jizz. <laughs> so three forty nine is drawn. So the way the numbers were randomly generated was via a computer run by a Mexican consulting firm. I already feel like that is a lot of risk. Yeah. So. Pepsi gave them the numbers, right, at the beginning of this all. And mm. they were just like, these are the numbers that are printed. And they told the firm, these are the ones that are going to go in as winning numbers. And these ones are going to go in as non-winning numbers. You can probably guess where this is headed. Oh, there's just a lot a lot of people who had 349, didn't they? Yeah. How you, many? You, you can probably guess... Where this is going, it should come as no surprise, Gus. There's a minor fuck up. Number 349 is a non-winning number. What constitutes a non-winning number, though? You might be asking yourself. Yeah. I didn't know, surely no prizes. It doesn't win. That's the core. It's a number that is printed on so many caps that if it was drawn, 
it would be absolute mayhem. Oh, shit. Gus, my friend, oh. how many bottle caps do you think had the number 349 on them? Just give me, well, give me a number. Give me a number. It's supposed to be a non-winning number, and we're looking at, what, 35 million <laughs> bottles plus. I reckon it was on maybe 20,000, 30,000 mm. bottle caps. North. Go north. 100,000 bottle Higher. caps. Higher. 400,000 bottle caps. Higher. <laughs> Get fucked. Eight hundred no! thousand. <laughs> what? Eight hundred grand with the same number. With the same number. Why? Not only that, my friend. Gus, what do you think was the prize amount? Oh, tell me it's not the top one. One million pesos. <laughs> this is. Oh. Amazing. This is exactly what I expect from the creators of Mountain Dew and Electric Jizz. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give you a quick quote from this book uh, that, that kind of deals with this sort of stuff. Quote, The odds were strong. Some would say outrageously so in Pepsi's favour. With only 10 1 million peso prizes, laying out the figures showed that a Pepsi Cola customer would have a 1 in 28.8 million chance... <laughs> <laughs> of winning 1 million pesos. <laughs> that made the chances of hitting the Pepsi jackpot the same as standing still in one spot and over the course of an average lifetime being hit by lightning three times. <laughs> that is, without question, the dumbest way of explaining that. But also the best way. So succinct. I love this dude. You can tell he had fun writing that. Oh, wow. He's Immense. So just before we jump in to what happened in the aftermath... Here's an account from one of the holders of a 349 bottle cap. I tell my children, you can finish school and go to college. I tell my husband, he can buy a Jeep. I tell myself, we can buy a real house. Can you imagine? It's a dream come true. Guess what? Pepsi hear you and Pepsi don't care. (laughs) This is because they're on the hook for 800 billion pesos. Yeah, it's crazy. So once... So, it's, so it's they're like thirty-two mil in in prize money, or oh, more, three hundred twenty. Or are they? Oh. Once they realise the error, the execs come out and they say, "Look, it's a mistake. We'll redraw the number." Oh, what? So the people heard you that. Don't do that in the Philippines. So the people heard that. They'll they, kill you. Then they'll go to work on you. The people heard that, and they were like, "Cool. Give us the fucking million pesos, you piece of shit." You absolute dogs. <laughs> Pay up. You're the man. My favourite word when it comes to these stories is about to come up. Riots. <laughs> Riots start popping up all over the country as would-be millionaires store Pepsi headquarters and buildings and plants and everything. Execs start to freak the fuck out. They sit around a table and they say, all right, look, we've got to think of something. They came here for money, right? Let's just give them a bit of money, and then this whole thing will blow over. It's Where's the Mexican consulting firm in all of this? They, they're just an external contractor. They have, like, zero liability, apparently. So they, they got given the correct info from Pepsi, and then they fucked it up? The or, funny, the funny or, thing or is Pepsi about fucked it. later on in this, in this piece, because I did a lot of research, they had, uh, there was this guy, Kenneth Ross, who was, like, head of international... Um, operations for Pepsi and they they asked him point blank how did this happen and he never answered them oh yeah Pepsi he's Pepsi. he's taking it to the grave yeah totally yeah um so yeah so they're just like well we'll just give him some money just hope the whole thing will blow over it'll be fine so they go out and they say to the people righto guys give us your obviously wrong 349 bottle caps because we redrew it but we'll just be nice guys and give you each 20 quid. Because that's still, you know... It's still money. It's still 1,600... No, no, 16 million pesos. <laughs> it's still a lot of money for them, right? Um, but for the people who think they've won a million each, yeah. it's a pittance. Yeah, they're not, they're not happy with that. They've literally... They've done that classic thing where they've quit their job. They've, like, karate chopped their work desk in half. <laughs> they've just, like... <laughs> 
you know, started divorcing their partners. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, they've started going off script. There's a huge spike in the number of bosses who've been told to go fuck themselves. Absolutely. Begrudgingly, the people say, fine, we'll take the 20 quid. That is until Pepsi are confronted with 486,170 people wanting 20 quid. Oh, <laughs> cue riots. Pepsi are like, well, we're going to have to cap this payout. Thanks for coming. <laughs> and the Filipino people, Gus, the Filipino people, they bring the fucking heat. <laughs> More... More than 22,000 people file 689 civil lawsuits. Yep. 5,200 criminal complaints for fraud and deception. Yeah, which are fair. And here come the death threats. Good. Executives require round-the-clock bodyguards. They Mm. have to change up their travel hours and their commuting hours. It's crazy. You'd think maybe that you just, after this, go... "Mm." Might just leave the Philippines. Yeah. Let's, let's get the fuck out of Dodge. Which is exactly what a bunch, 10 executives did when warrants went out for their arrest. <laughs> oh, yeah. They fled the Philippines. Yeah, definitely. Even though the court struck them down. Yeah. Uh, the actual warrants themselves. 32 delivery trucks were stoned, burned, or overturned. I love how that rhymes. Yeah, it does rhyme. Blokes are throwing Molotov cocktails and bombs at Pepsi plants and offices. Which uh, seems seems counterproductive. It's very it's it's evocative of of that that whole yellow vest protest in France that's been going on for like sixteen weeks at the moment. Yeah, people are just they're going next level, yeah, right? They're, and so they're they're furious. They're furious, and there are security forces out there, and people are throwing bags of human shit at security guards. One dude sustained an elbow injury. And three uh, three officers or security officers were covered head to toe in shit, saying they were saying it was humiliating, and that my friend is another surprise poos in the news oh. for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Play the song. Who can it be now? Who can it be now? Who can it be now? Who can it be So we were all here having a cordial experience. <laughs> I mean that in the soft drink term. <laughs> and then you came in here with that. And I threw a bag of shit on your dreams. I am a riot police officer <laughs> covered head to toe in your proverbial shit. In a bag of shit. And I want you to know <laughs> that it's not funny. <laughs> It's funny to me. It's not. It's a, I mean, it is funny to me. <laughs> it clearly is. I can see it written all over your fucking idiot mug. <laughs> but but seriously, <laughs> we, had, we had an agreement and you're violating a lot of trust. <laughs> that we... <laughs> I don't want to have this convo on air, but we can, we're going to have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shitty segment. <laughs> I know, that's the point. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> that's two out of three episodes. I promise. You're the fucking worst. <laughs> Shall we go back to the Philippines? Right. <laughs> Let's go back to the uh, the hilarious doom and gloom that goes into uh, the real cola wars that are happening down at uh, at HQ. Someone throws a frag grenade, killing two and wounding six people. That was the moment where everyone was like, it was a collective yikes. Whoa. It was bad. How did he get access to a frag grenade? Most of the stuff was homemade bombs. So Molotov cocktails and homemade bombs, they are nothing if not ingenious. They have the numbers. Yeah. They have the numbers, Gus. 63 (laughs) mil, 1992. 107 mil, 2019. That doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah, and 800,000 of them are directly wronged, which means that you're probably looking at 10 million indirectly wronged people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So by the end of this period, Pepsi was in tatters. Yeah. As you can imagine. They were looking at it going 17%, the heady days. Yeah, exactly. They, they were all, one minute they were just like, yes, spas, hookers, 
champagne <laughs> now being like next plane out of the airport <laughs> leaving the country someone hug me while i sob yeah, exactly right so as i mentioned they they did flee the country the executives um they had to pay the highest possible fine to the consumer watchdog which hilariously because What's it is like a third world country 20 grand six grand oh my god just nothing six thousand dollars where it hurt them was that the two million cost in running the promotion uh, was quickly outweighed by the 10 mil that they had to fork out to oh, the angry yeah. mob. Totally. And uh, and damages, surely. Like, there's looting and rioting damages. But that's the thing, right? So I went through the research. I couldn't find any sort of evidence of any of the lawsuits actually winning. That's because I feel, like, I feel like in a dodgy country like that, uh, and I'm not saying the people are all dodgy. I'm just saying, like... The system has the flaws. The system has flaws, definitely. And that psycho who runs it at the moment is oh, a nut job. He would be furious if this happened. Yeah. He'd be the first guy grabbing a frag grenade oh, and hanging it through the window of a he Pepsi would store. Be. He would literally come out with a machete in each hand. <laughs> he killed a dude when he was 16, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Vigilante prez. That's it. So, but I mean, mate, I mean, after all this... Pepsi's gone down in flames. Who do you think the real winner is here, Gus? It has to be Coke. Or is it's, it Cosmos? It's Reyes Homemade Bombs. Perfect for your next riot. No, <laughs> <I'm> not. <laughs> it's not. It's Coca-Cola. You're absolutely right. They've been crushing it as a result and pretty much ever since. I looked up some figures just before and they have a 65% market share and Pepsi has 19%. So oh, they're up. They are up, but only 2% in 30 years. Yeah, but... They should be 1%. But technically, even Cosmos did well with their nasty sarsaparilla garbage, <laughs> which now accounts for 10%. But to rub salt in Pepsi's wounds, Coke actually acquired them in 2001. You know, so their market that, you know share, that that's a fuck you. So their market share is actually back up to 75%. When you sit around in a marketing meeting and go, should we buy that disgusting sarsaparilla shit? <laughs> It'll really piss Pepsi off. Yeah, buy it. Throw exactly one million pesos at it. Oh, yeah. Corporate people are petty AF. Yeah. They will do all sorts of stuff just to block other people. (laughs) I was like, let's just buy this awful drink. No one's buying it. I don't care. (laughs) No one else can have it. As long as Pepsi can't have it. So, mate, that is my story time for this week. (laughs) That is enormous. The concept of how that would go in any other country, you'd get riots regardless. You would, you, but you just wouldn't quite have that level of vehemence. And also, that would never, ever happen in another country where that where it was like, you just don't have that sort of a fuck up. Like, if, if yeah. you're dealing with prizes, yeah. there's fail safes. Like, no, absolutely. And it's just... Also, why would they have such a big amount of one number? Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. I, I I don't really understand how the screw up happened. The guy at Pepsi obviously knows, but don't want to tell. Taking it to the grave, but in Australia, if that happened, that would be quelled by the police or like I don't know the army real quick. Yeah, there'd like, be there'd be a lot no of social way. media outrage. There's oh. no way that that would happen. It would it would Imagine all Filipino, be social media. Filipino social, social media in '92 melts. Social. Just becomes like a fucking sugar soldier in heat. That is, cla- but that's actually what would happen in today's day and age. The riot would actually occur online, and it's just a hashtag. Yep. Then again, no one would die. <laughs> Not so. in Australia. No one has ever taken a frag grenade to a cola riot. Yeah, and the fucked up thing is, it's just like, could you imagine go, looking back at that and being like, you know, Uncle fucking Philip died in the Pepsi riot. <laughs> like, cola riot. what the hell? Oh, that is yuck. Yeah. Well, that is quintessentially a disaster. Sure is. So you nailed it. Nice one, mate. Well, that brings us to the end, which obviously means that it is time to spruik all the ways that you can get in contact with us to tell us your stories because we are coming up towards uh, our first... People's episode. We're not going to tell you when when the people show is. Yep. Uh, but we're like we're like the ex- top execs at Pepsi. You're not going to know when. We're not going to tell you. <laughs> going to keep the cards real close to our chest. But if you do want to come into the studio and have a beer with us and tell us your stories, uh, we need you to get in contact with us. And yep. the way to do that 
is inside Riggs' brain. It sure is. Give us a, a DM on um, Instagram. We are at Gus and Rig. So make sure you hit us up there. Also, we have um, a Facebook page. Just enter in Shit Show into your search bar and you will find us. Please uh, give us a, a direct message through there as well. Or if it's a meteor sort of thing, make sure to send us an email, shitshow.au at gmail.com. Loving the stuff that you're sending through at the moment. We just need to, we need you to give us some more gems. <laughs> we need it's, some more gems. You've got to earn these beers, people. Absolutely. It's, we have a fridge. That's we pretty do. Much, we have a fridge. I'm tapping it right now. Here it is. That's a real fridge. We're not doing secret sound. That is... <laughs> if you guessed Riggs' hand on a mini fridge, you're the winner of... One million, one million pesos. pesos. Yes. <laughs> That's all we've got time for. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Bye. Uh-huh.